Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 86 of UAB Green and Told, original release Monday, December 5th, 2022. UAB Green and Told gives us a chance to share stories from members of the UAB community. Looking to listen to previous episodes? Check them out at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app. While there, leave a written review so more alumni can find us. I'm Greg Barry, a UAB alum and director of communications in the Office of Alumni Affairs. Today's podcast guest is Benita Wren, or B. If you're in Birmingham, there's a good chance you've heard her voice on radio stations like WZZK, KISS FM, and even Rock 106.9. As we'll discover, the journey that led her to get gigs like that began in the 80s. Once I started at UAB, I actually started, I took a TV techniques class, and I guess that was kind of like the compromise. But as she'll share... She didn't stay long. So it was just a really rough time then. And, uh, and, but I did promise him before he died that I would go back and I would finish. And after a long time outside the classroom, be returned older, wiser, and as a non-traditional student. And that's another thing I love about UAB. The non-traditional thing is just, well, yeah, you know, it's not like a big deal at UAB. For B. Wren, two decades not only separated her from her oldest sibling, it also is how long it took her to graduate UAB after taking her first class on campus. The daughter of cotton pickers from rural Sumter County, Alabama, B. was the youngest of 13 kids. She admits she's a daddy's girl, and for a good reason. Well, it was interesting for me because, um, actually, I didn't experience the parental part because uh, that my other, most of my other siblings had experienced because my mother passed away when I was two and a half years old. So, but um, one of the reasons why I think it had an impact on the way that I was, I guess, the way that we lived is because um, it creates uh, work ethic. Um, it creates uh, family. We were, you know, the, uh, my parents had 13 children uh, over their 33 year marriage. <laughs> and I was Goodness. the 13th. <laughs> so because I'm that 13th child, my experience was a little different from uh, some of the others because it was just mostly me and my daddy. Uh, but we did, you know, he did have a field. Uh, we, you know, planted everything from watermelon to corn and peas and greens, you know, everything. So it just changed in that when my mother you know, the stories they tell me about my mother, she did everything, cooking, sewing, all of her children's clothes. And when she died, my father, back then the roles were really specific. So my father never learned how to cook. So it was mm-hmm. just very interesting, the dynamic that they had versus the dynamic that some of the younger ones like me experienced. What was the age range between the oldest of your 12 siblings and you. The oldest was born in the 40s. Yes. Wow. And the youngest, that's me, uh, 60s, <laughs> late 60s. Wow. So what was it yeah. like growing up with a household like that? Because just drawing conclusions off of what you just said, some had already moved out by the time you yes. came along. 
Yes, by the time I by the time I came along, uh, my my oldest sister was actually pregnant, <laughs> so my niece was born before I was born, and I had a nephew who was born before I was even born. So I was an aunt, I came into this world an auntie already. So it was really weird, you know. But it was my normal because I had, you know, that was my, you know, that's what I knew. So, uh, but it was very interesting, you know, um, that. Some of the older ones had already moved on and married. So what were you like as a kid in a household <laughs> like that? Wow, I bet if you asked every single one of them, they would probably say something different. Uh, but uh, I think I was uh, by default a daddy's girl. So I spent all day, you know, working with him. And I now, you know, once you have children, you realize the, the amount of patience, you know, your parent had with you. And I just remember, you know, planting seed and he would just very patiently, you know, show me all these things. You know, it was just now that I, you know, see it from uh, an adult point of view, it was, you know, an incredible amount of patience and care, you know, and, but I was, I, I was a tomboy. I climbed peach trees and, you know, we collected mushrooms and fossils and, you know, we had 4-H back then, uh, you know, just really, it was about, it was definitely more family oriented back then. So, and then, you know, um, Hueytown is just really small anyway and very specific to certain things. It was a coal mining town and my daddy was a coal miner for over 30 years. So you mentioned the fact that there was 4-H around that time. Yes. Were you heavily involved in 4-H around that time? I actually was heavily involved. Um, I made it to, um, in different in different areas, um, but specifically the one that I really liked was the talent. We got to sing and dance and learn, you know, how to perform. And uh, I remember that we did have a performance that made it all the way to nationals. And, you know, we made the little local news and everything. And uh, it was just great. It was a great experience. I'm hoping that today we can give that some of that back to some of the young students that are coming up now. Where did the theater bug actually kind of nip you and kind of <laughs> draw you in? That uh, 4-H, 4-H. How old and were then, you? Um, probably around 10, 9, 10. Uh, it's kind of weird. I, um, for one year, my daddy got a little break and <laughs> I, I went to school. Uh, I moved to Fort Campbell, Kentucky with one of my sisters. And so I was able to live there for a year and um, attended school in, um, it was Tennessee actually, it was like on the line, even though we lived in Fort Campbell. You, it was uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's when it kind of started really developing. And then um, I had a really great teacher in middle school coming back, you know, to Alabama, uh, who was just great. I mean, um, you know, it's so funny. We used to do a class of just, you know, how to apply makeup, you know, how to apply makeup to make you look old, how to apply makeup to make you look young. And now they have these TikToks, you know, where People are just doing this and getting millions of views from something that we had to literally, you know, study in school. It's really funny. When you're in high school, junior high, middle school, was acting kind of what you wanted to do? Absolutely. Um, I definitely wanted to get into performing, acting, and 
you know, uh, we made plans. Uh, my nephew, one of my nephews and I, we uh, used to perform in the Swingers Show Choir of the South. It was uh, a Hueytown uh, show choir band and traveled all over. I mean, Haiti and Hawaii and, you know, you know, the governor, the mayor. And uh, we had made plans to go to New York and everything like that. But after his death, um, I just kind of switched things around for myself. I had started going in another path anyway, but once I started at UAB, I actually started, I took a TV techniques class and it, I guess that was kind of like the compromise okay. uh, because I couldn't travel the way that I really wanted to at that time because of some things that were, were happening in my life. When I took that TV techniques class, which was actually more like a indie film class, and we had to write the script and, you know, do everything. Oh, wow. And so cool. that was that was my way to be able to get, you know, get the acting thing in there, the writing um, and things like that. So I think that that was kind of like my compromise a little bit. But I definitely wanted to do that. You're the youngest of 13. You're daddy's girl. Was that part of the reason you chose to stay in Birmingham and you chose UAB? <laughs> That's funny. Uh it is part of the reason why I stayed in Alabama, but actually, initially, I was not going to UAB. I was initially going to Judson College, an all-girls school, <laughs> and uh, I really just wanted to focus. I thought I could focus better without, you know, having boy crushes or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I just thought, you know, all girls would be a great way to sort of have that um, that focus. And also my one of my sisters, my sister's close to my age and me, we used to watch The Flying Nun. Okay. And it was sort of similar to that type of experience because daddy told us that we couldn't be nuns because we weren't Catholics. So <laughs> <laughs> so but um but we uh but anyway so what happened was uh, about 48 hours before I was headed to Judson. Uh, we had a little family send off and so a couple of people had some issues uh, that they were concerned about safety and things like that with me going there alone and um, my daddy started having second thoughts and uh, back then you just really want to be you know sort of in the good graces on big issues like that so i sort of respected his you know uh, opinion but i was really disappointed and so but that's how i ended up at uab and what year did you come to Birmingham and enroll at UAB? I was in, I was living in uh, Hueytown, but uh, I moved into the dorm at UAB in 86. 86. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what year did you graduate? 2006. That's what I thought. I was looking at my yeah. notes and I'm like, wait a minute. So 86, <laughs> 06. So there's 20 years right there. Yes, yes. So you, during those 20 years, you've seen just, <laughs> enormous changes with the campus alone, let alone the student population and how the campus has evolved. What was it like to kind of be a student for that long and see all of these things happen? It was really cool because um, I also worked there and uh, my daddy uh, in my freshman year, my daddy got sick and I went back home and I became a caregiver and my, my, me and another one of my sisters and then he died. And uh, the week before he died, my brother died. And we couldn't tell my daddy because he was so sick. And the doctor said, you know, it was too much for his heart. Yeah. So it was just a really rough time. 
then and uh and but I did promise him before he died that I would go back and I would finish and that semester off turned into <laughs> you know going back much later than I thought I ended up you know having to pay off those loans and things like that before I could get back in so it just uh, took a while and then you know life but uh, I worked in different Compart uh, departments. One of the things that's really good, I think, about UAB is the, um, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but they have a really great temp service. Mm -hmm. So when you work in the temp service, you get these different, um, you know, assignments. So I was able to work in Civitan Research, Graduate School of Medicine, uh, Cellular and Developmental Biology, and I mean, just some Geographic Medicine, School of Public Health, and from there, I ended up uh, getting involved as I became a student again in School of Public Health a lot because I um, I was on the writing team for Body Love Writers Group. And then we sort of continuing on, I think I ended up doing that like three times because it would be like per semester. And then ended up uh, being a guest star on Body Love, playing one of the characters that we had uh, developed to, it was Body Love, you know, it was like a, it was a show that was for health care and wellness, but it was a soap opera. Okay. So we, we hid health care and health tips within the characters, health issues, you know, it was, you know, written on like a diabetes and um, um, cardiovascular grant and things like that. So, and then later, many years later, I ended up hosting the Body Love show where the, the final part of it is that we did live uh, broadcast and interviewed guests about the different subjects that whatever the characters were talking about. And I ended up being the host of the show. So it was like really full circle with Body Love, but it was really cool. From the time your freshman year ended to the time you came back into the classroom, what was that gap? How long was that? Um, I came back in about, I think, 2002, I think. Okay. So and it's still with the promise to your father yes. of coming back. Was Were there other factors that kind of led you back to going to school? And then why UAB? the second time? <laughs> well, uh, there were other factors. The main factor was that sort of that haunting feeling of you got to, you know, keep that promise. But um, also there were certain things where I would be in a position and, you know, you need to have that level of expertise in education, not just in being able to do it. So that's just like one of those obvious things. UAB because when I, um, it was just something about that TV tech, techniques class. I really <laughs> enjoyed the fact that it was like our professor trusted us and allowed us to be creatives without, you know, hiding any part of who we are. And I just wanted to kind of finish that in that, you know, I did, I did the second and third, you know, TV techniques class, which was, you know, more films, more films. And it was just great. And uh, so that's why, and I was already developing a family of friends and uh, student friends and organizations just, you know, working at UAB itself. Um, that's where I ended up at the UAB chapter of uh, Association of Black Journalists, Society of Professional Journalists, and other organizations uh, that really helped develop, to, really helped develop, you know, me. 
uh, in the field that I, you know, ended up uh, working in. And, and now I'm the vice president of uh, Birmingham Association of Black Journalists. But it's that foundation at UAB that gave me the ability to do, you know, the things that I'm doing now, even, you know, Blazer Radio and Kaleidoscope, you know, these are amazing student organizations and media that really helped develop us. It's just like real world, you know, so it's, that's what students need. There's a lot of uh, missing components in teaching student journalism, uh, you know, in the undergrad arena and even in the high school arena. And so I think that UAB does a really good job in, you know, just preparing us. Are you a mom? I am. I have two daughters. How old are they? <laughs> now you're going to really know how old I am. Uh, Jessica is 33. Okay. And Mia is 25. Yeah. So, and, and the reason I ask is mm -hmm. when you finally walked across the stage in 2006, <laughs> you were a mother of two. What yes. was it like and, and what did your girls kind of, how did they react <laughs> to that experience? Another good question. Um, they were very proud of me. Um, Jessica, the oldest, she has a chronic illness, it's eosinophilic, which back then it wasn't even truly known. So it was really special for her because of all that she had gone through. Before I graduated even, I had started training at Turner Broadcasting in Atlanta, and I never wanted to leave them home alone, you know, like alone at night. Mm -hmm. So I made it back every single day. I drove there and back each time. And uh, so it was really like that moment when it was like all of that, you know, all of those sacrifices. That's how Jessica learned to drive because I would be so exhausted. I would make it just to my sister's house and then Jessica would drive us all the, all the way back home. So it was just all of those experiences and what it took to get to that point. And I think they were just really proud of me because I was doing what, you know, I think I was my, you know, as part of my purpose, I was fulfilling that purpose and not giving up. And, and I think it also taught them that it's not about like, sometimes it, and that's another thing I love about UAB, the non-traditional thing is just, well, yeah, you know, it's not like a big deal at UAB. And, um, and I think it really inspired them. I mean, it inspired Jessica to attend and she ended up graduating from UAB and she won the math and science scholarship her first uh, year. So, you know, I think that it really was, again, another full circle moment. I think it was really a proud moment for them and just a, a, a joyful moment. Were you surprised that your daughter decided to kind of follow in your footsteps and go to UAB as well? I, I really wasn't surprised because she would, you know, they would be with me a lot at UAB. And, you know, a lot of times people would say, those are your daughter, you know, whatever. And that's when, you know, again, my age is given away. But, uh, but yeah, so I think that it was sort of like a natural thing for her because she was already familiar. And, you know, so I think that's why she just kind of was like, yeah. I like the environment and it'll work. <laughs> Having an education at UAB span 20 years to get just one degree, mm -hmm. it, it's really exciting to see that you completed that journey. 
when you graduate, you already have ton of experience. You already yes. have things going on for you. So what was the plan? What did you want to do once you got that degree? Uh, go definitely do uh, go more into film uh, and documentary. Uh, I had worked on my honors film, which was about the difference between discipline versus damage. And, and in, in that study, I had um, Alabama inmates fill out a uh, survey about whether or not they had been spanked, beaten, you know, or abused or no, no physical, you know, type of uh, discipline. Because there's this notion that children are not being disciplined via spanking, right? So that was part of, I think I wanted to create this uh, awareness that whether or not you spank a child is not the measure of sort of discipline. Discipline is way more than just spanking. So I wanted to continue with thing, you know, projects like that because I had also for like four years worked on the youth violence project through um, the communications department. And again, it was very similar to, you know, we, we did both the documentary and uh, narrative film. Uh, we interviewed people in prisons and um, the student detention for high school students and uh, principals and art classes and just whoever we could get just that feedback from to raise awareness and try to understand why different types of crime happens and you know the 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 source of it not the tool used but more the source of the violence like why are you know the students the young people so violent mm -hmm. and so it was just and then we ended up doing where we it was a program basically where you watch the films and then you learn over time how to you know conflict resolution and things like that Documentaries can take you a whole myriad of different ways. Yes. They can be light. They can be kind of hard hitting. You chose yeah. hard hitting. Why? It it fits me. Okay. Um, and it and I know that I'm not alone in that reach. And I've seen what hard hitting documentaries can really do. They can literally change the trajectory of something. I think that one of the things that I learned even in the newsroom is that that soundbite that, uh, you know, the little teaser that gets people to click. And, you know, that's what the focus is because it's constant competition. Well, when you have that heart hitting piece, it stays with that viewer more, I think. That's Benita or B. Wren. Despite a journey that took a few years to complete her degree, she graduated with her BS in Communication Studies from the College of Arts and Sciences in 2006. As a passionate alumna, B definitely has a good idea of what it means to be a Blazer. When I was at UAB, that was when all the football stuff happened. And I believe that that story is very similar to mine in that when you think it's over and you think you're just gonna have to go in another direction, if you stick with it and you, you know, sort of know who your, your, your team is, then you can do it and you can finish and you can start new and even better. 
So I think that just tenacity and grit is what I learned. I think it's purpose driven. And I think that purpose is better fulfilled when you have an institution like UAB to give you that opportunity to fulfill your purpose. You know, I think I think that's what it is. Be sure to listen into previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. Check out our website at alumni.uab.edu slash green and told. Have a story to share or know someone we need to get in touch with? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go Blazers.